Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Martin studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. I'll be joined shortly here by my brother Brian. He is on the road today, and that is kind of one of the topics of today's show is what's happening down the road. Planting and crop progress update is our idea for today's program. If you'd like to give us the update of how things are going on your farm, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. All right, Brian, we got a little bit of rain and uh, a lot of planting done here the last couple of days. This week looks like it's going to be a good one once things dry out. Yeah, we're finally going to warm up. It was a cold and super windy spring, so it's been a little bit frustrating. But on our own farm, we're still in a drought area technically. We're way behind normal in terms of rainfall over the last two years. And sure, we've gotten three inches of rain now in the last week or 10 days, something like that. But I mean, in just another day or so, we're going to be able to finish things up. But yeah, we're 90% done with planting on our own farm. But again, I mean, even though it was cold, we were just really, really, really dry. So we were able to get out there and get some planting done. So it's nice to have a little bit of rain now. Could have waited a little bit later. (laughs) I wanted to finish planting first, but we got close enough. I think about this, when it rains, you've got a chance to get out and dig in your fields a little bit, just double check how everything went. If you had anything wrong, you can can still fix it. So you got time to look over your planter for worn parts or things that may have gotten out of adjustment, and those kinds of things are very common. Hey, the other thing you mentioned there too, Brian, it's been windy. And so my thought was, did you get your pre's on? And I look at soybeans and corn, how this completely changes the rule. If you got your crop in, now you got some rain on it, and you're not going to be able to get back in there for a little bit. Uh, You're going to have to change what you're doing for the pre's on soybeans, the three pre's. You can't do that anymore. You can't do the authority or valor post-emerge. Can't do Metribuzin post-emerge. Can't do any of the yellows post-emerge. So it's products like Anthem Max and Warrant Ultra are the choices now. Now they're not as good as the three pre's, but at least you got something. And this year that's going to be important. Well, let me just tell you a quick story. This was back a couple of weeks ago and we had a day coming up where I said, oh man, this is the only day where it's not going to be windy all week. And I had our guys stop everything with planting. Instead, we focused on spraying that entire day because, to your point, it's really important to get those trees on. And to me, it was worth finishing a day later as opposed to taking the chance that we wouldn't get a pre on some of our acres. So, I mean, it kind of stinks to do that, especially if you feel like you're behind. But at the end of the day, we got to make sure that we're maximizing yields. The The market is telling us, raise lots of bushels and you're going to make lots of money. Well, part of that is you have to have great weed control. And our trouble in soybeans is to keep getting more resistant weeds. There was a report report just last week that now they found some Palmer pigweed resistant to Liberty. I think it was down in Missouri. But we've been worried about that for a long time, that overuse of more of these chemistries is just going to cause issues for us. So the nice thing with those pre's that you mentioned we don't really see a lot of issues in terms of resistance when you're using those pre's. So we just continue to encourage the use of those, use multiple effective modes of action, and hopefully you end up with better weed control. 
All right. The other thing that I think about on uh, corn, we can still spray those group 15s and, and many of the pre-mixed products up to 11 inch tall corn. You just have to make sure you're double checking anything that's got verdict in, or anything that has sharpened in there like verdict would not be something that could go post-emerge. And of course, if you've got atrazine in the pre-mix, which we aren't big fans of for the pre-emerge, but if you've got that in your post-emerge mix, you've got till 12 inch tall corn to get that on as well. So there are a lot of really good options post-emergent corn, just not so much in soybeans. That's the problem. So they are working, by the way, on beans that will be resistant to the PPOs. That'd be great if there was a chance someday that I could spray a Valor or Authority-type product early post-emerge. be awesome, but we just don't have that today. You know, there there are so many things out there this year, and when you're listening to us talk about some of these different inputs, you may say, man, you know, inputs are up, they're they're a little pricey, but we've got to keep our focus on the return on investment with all these things. Like you mentioned with weeds, oh my goodness, they can rob so much yield from us that uh, we, we don't want them to get out of hand, especially early in the season. That's where a lot of the damage is done. Late in the season, we're talking about weed seed production and, and the seed bank for years to come. But, but right now, we're thinking about man, I got to do everything I can so this crop doesn't have to compete against something else for water and for nutrients. Yeah, we've been talking about input costs being up for the last quite a few months now. But here's the thing. If you go back before we started having this really good run-up in agriculture about 15, 16 years ago, and you look at what herbicide prices were then versus what herbicide prices are today, it's not that much different. They're barely up. Our commodity prices are three, four, five times what they were back about 16 years ago, 17 years ago. And what are the input costs on average up for herbicides I'm talking? Are they up 10%, 15%, maybe 20%? It's, it's nothing comparatively. And so we're not trying to say, oh, don't we even worry about input costs. No, we always have to worry about input costs. But to Darren's point, we've got to be thinking about return on investment because it doesn't really matter what you spend. It matters what you make. And if there's something you can invest in in your crop that's going to give you a good return, that's absolutely what we want to do. But weed control is just so important. It, 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 it's on our farm. Number one, once we get in season, we're, we're paying attention to that. Granted, diseases, insects, yes, those things can happen, and we have issues there too. But weed control has always been, and I'm assuming it probably will always be number one, because that one's pretty easy. You scout for it, you get out there and treat. But like we say, if you can start with a good pre, now you don't have as many weeds coming post-emerge. Typically, you get higher yields, weed control is easier, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I guess that's probably our message for today. Don't forget about these pre's. I know you're going to be in a hurry to finish planting, but get those pre's on as soon as you can. Well, we don't have any crop popping out of the ground yet other than some oats on our farm, but we've got 90% of our crop in the ground. We'd love to hear how things are going on your farm this planting season. Maybe your crop's already big. We'd love to hear how that's doing as well. Our phone lines will be open at 844-44-AG-PHD, and we'll be right back. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. 
It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Whether or not, relentless control is what you get with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Protect your season from tough broadleaf weeds and grasses with dual modes of action and overlapping residuals that also minimize resistance. With an easy-to-tank mix formulation and wide application window, Anthem Max Herbicide is ready when you are. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton Studio, taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can also email us, radio at agphd.com, and we'll get to those emails here in just a little bit during the Ag PhD mailbag time. Uh, it, it's just fun this time of year, driving around, seeing so many guys out in the fields and, and just seeing how they're doing things. I, I'm always curious about how that crop's going in, what changes are being made, what adjustments have to be made for the season. And we're just always trying to learn. We've been doing this for quite a while. We've had <laughs> quite a few crops under our belt so far, but there's always time to improve. We still haven't raised the perfect one. So if you've got the answers to that, we'd love to hear those too. And if you just want to talk about, hey, here's here's where we're at on our farm this spring, uh, we would love to hear from you again, 844 844- 44 ag phd let's head over to wisconsin got dick on the line with us right now how's it going dick how's it going there here it's about 65 degrees sunny about 25 mile an hour winds but the ground is wet and cold yeah this uh this wetness over in in um, wisconsin has sure been a challenge trying to get things done but i uh, you brought up one other point there dick 25 mile an hour winds and i think uh, we've been in the same boat it's been really hard to get any of our pre-emerged products out there too because it's just been so darn windy that's right and and every every day winds and and it's early in the morning too yeah you're right normally we get a break maybe up till 10, 11 o'clock, maybe noon if we're lucky, so we can get quite a bit of stuff done, and then it gets windy in the afternoon, and guess what? Soils have dried out. Now we can get going in the field, too. So have you got have you gotten anything done at all yet this year, Dick? No, no corn, no beans in the ground. We're we're planting oats and peas today for, uh, for the dairy, and we'll come back in with um, green beans 
for the local canning company. And that's all we have in the ground. We just started today. Yep, yep. And I'm guessing it's the high, dry ground. I'm sure there's plenty that isn't ready to go. Oh, yeah. I'm Right now I'm plowing. We have 10-pack manure on the over winter on the ground. I'm plowing that down. But that's not going very good. It's pretty muddy. Yeah, we did some spring manure application this year ourselves, and it, we were lucky. We were so dry here that it worked pretty well, but I don't know if I'd try that now. We've got three inches of rain here the last 10 days or so, which is the most oh. rain we've had in a year and a half. Oh, oh boy. Now, how does your corn, how does your corn, the early corn that you planted, how does that look? Well, it's sprouted. It's not out of the ground yet, uh, but it's sprouted and it looks good. We're supposed to get some warmer weather here this week, starting with today. We're, we're a little warmer than you are today already, but uh, when we get this warm weather, we're expecting we're going to see a lot of corn out of the ground here later on this week. Oh, yeah. In, in, in the locality here, nobody's putting anything in the ground yet. Yeah, we're supposed to Just, be. Uh, like like oats and peas you know, for the dairies and then, you know, put green beans in behind. Sure, sure. Yeah, we've got uh, probably 10% of our crop to get yet in the ground. And, and normally by May 9th, we'd like to be done. We'd like to be wrapping her up, and we will be here in just a couple of days. But starting on May 9th, that's got to be frustrating. When do you guys normally shoot to get started, and when do you normally shoot to be done? Oh, we like to get going the last part of April. So we're done by the 15th, 16th of May. Because um, then we start making first crop hay. Last year we were making first crop hay on the 25th of May. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it's it's going to be so, a little bit different. And, and alfalfa and alfalfa right now, there's just that you can see it coming up out of dormancy. Yeah, it's been it's been cold. There've been a few lawns that have gotten mowed in our area, but. Quite a few that happened, so the kids are kind of happy about that, Dick. They're they're not sad about that. The things are growing slow, but I no. sure am. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just been a totally different winter. I mean, well, well winter there was no winter, and then the, all the moisture came this spring. Yeah, yeah, just totally, totally different. But well, Dick, we'll let you get running. We know you're busy out there. Good luck to you planting and uh, and doing all the tillage work and everything you got to do today. And hopefully, you get a good week of running here, so you get closer back to normal. Okay. Well, thanks much. You bet. Thank you. Let's head out to California. Got Steve on with us right now. Uh, Steve, I'm betting it's a little different story out there. Are you guys dry, 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 or how's it been for you? It's dry, really dry. Um, yeah, it's just a struggle trying to keep everything wet, and it's it's typical we don't get a lot of rain this time of year, but it's just there's no snowpack in the mountains, so it's going to be a dry year. Yeah, I've been watching all the the information about reservoirs being down and this kind of thing. So when you get a year like this, what kind of restrictions are you going to have? Are you going to have fields that just aren't going to get water this year, or are you just going to have less water for each field? Uh, we have a lot of fields that, that, that will keep uh, fallowed this year. I mean... It, yeah, we just don't have enough water. Without without this district water, we don't have enough with our wells. So we probably have forty percent fallow this year, probably what's available because we do have we do have also produce citrus trees, so the trees have to get the water. You can't you can't not plant citrus. So I mean you can't not water the citrus that's established. So uh, we, we have to make sure we have enough for some of our permanent crops. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that really that really stinks in a year where you've got good market prices, a great chance to make some money here, and you got to let a lot of the ground stay fallow. Is there 
Uh, I, I guess what's the game plan then on those pieces of ground that stay fallow for next year? Those would be the ones that you would plant, or would you just keep going on the ones that you've been using this year? Well, it depends because we have we use buried drip and everything. So if we already have the investment of the drip irrigation system, um, then we'll we'll rotate. You know, if we if it's if it's ground, say we drew we grew dryland dry weed on. We, we use a lot of dryland weed as our our rotation. Um, and if it had drip underneath it uh, this year, with being the price of wheat being what it is and the hay being what it is, we did irrigate a little bit of our wheat just to make sure we had a crop. Um, but we try to rotate, you know, the high sensitive crops like watermelons behind the wheat. Uh, but most of the fields are, you know, are multiple use. With the drip irrigation, I, I know we, we hear a lot of talk about the improvements in efficiency. What do you figure on your farm with, with drip? How much less water can you get by using in those situations? I would say from the days of fur irrigation and flood irrigation, we're probably down 40%. We're, we, probably use, we probably use 60% of the water we used to use, and we're, we're working now to try to get that down to 45 to 50% of, of what we normally would. We're, the UC is doing a lot, of, the University of California is doing a lot of studies of uh, tomato cropping with, uh, with uh, water deficiencies and trying to make that work. Yeah, the improvements in efficiency are, are really good, especially, well, you see it on years like this year where they're just flat isn't enough water, how important that is. Um, as you look towards this year's crop, Steve, what looks good out there right now? Uh, the watermelons look good. I mean, even our, our cantaloupes and the uh, specialty melons are, are really looking outstanding. The tomatoes have got a great crop on them. We're, we're kind of cool. It was only 41 degrees this morning. But it sure sets a lot of flowers in the tomatoes. We're talking maybe up to 100 on the weekend, which you hope we don't shatter a crop. Um, hopefully the tomatoes will, will be climatized enough to be able to take the heat. But uh, tomatoes look outstanding this year right now. What do you see when you get that extreme heat? Do you, do you see them just break open or, or they just shrivel up? What happens? Uh, it actually shatters a lot of the fruit. The, the fruit will just, just fall off. And then... Uh, if it's flowering and you get extreme heat, like last year we hit 115, it'll just the flowers will just shatter off completely. Wow, yeah, that's that's tough. And if you've got plentiful water, can you can you hold a lot of that together if it's a short-term heat spell, or or is it something where even with water it's hard to fight? Even with water, it's hard to fight. Keep your calcium levels up. You know, if you think it, you know, I mean, tomatoes really like calcium and if you can keep your calcium levels high uh, above even what they recommend a lot of times you can offset some of that drop yeah it's it's not easy it sounds like oh yeah i wish we were farming in california and we had irrigation <laughs> it's, it's not easy steve we really appreciate having you on good luck to you hopefully uh, hopefully the rains come timely for you all right thank you you bet yeah, 41 degrees and then over 100 shortly after. Boy, that's a lot of stress on a crop. Uh, how is it in your area? What kind of weather are you getting and, and how far along are you with planting? We would love to hear about your fields and your farm. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? 
With AgroLiquid, it means getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting experts who will work with you to create a program unique to your operation, all while accounting for the quality of your soil and the products you're already using. It's not just a product, it's peace of mind knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. In a world of Veltima fungicide. Hey, let's do it less dramatic. Just say Veltima fungicide. Okay, Veltima fungicide. No, that's literally the same. Veltima fungicide. Still doing it. Veltima fungicide does it. Seriously, we just need you to say Veltima fungicide. Swift, simple, and secure. Didn't I? Veltima fungicide from BASF in cornfields this summer. Always read and follow label directions. Come to the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event this summer. Here at Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support and encourage folks entering the ag industry. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event. Though this day is geared towards high school and college students as well as young farmers, anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy is more than welcome. Our hands-on sessions in the field will include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, the role of natural microbes in farming, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So whether you're a college student or just want some good agronomy information, this is one event you won't want to miss. It's the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships Day, Saturday, June 25th on the Hefty Farm near Baltic, South Dakota. Learn more and register at agphd.com. When you pull your side dress bar out of the shed, do you dread the time and expense of replacing worn colders and bearings? There's a better way. Hi, Greg Souter, 360 Yield Center. 360 Wide Drop for side dress bars is a quick, low-cost upgrade that cuts maintenance costs. Plus, you're likely to get a yield boost from moving nitrogen from the middle of the row to the root zone. Save time, money, and boost yield potential with 360 Wide Drop Side Dress. Each year brings new and unique challenges to farming, and your operation needs to constantly adapt to meet them. That's why at AgBiome, we're working every day to bring you new and better solutions, microbial-based solutions that protect your crop and help it reach its full potential. To learn more about how we're doing it, visit agbiome.com. That's A-G-B-I-O-M-E.com. AgBiome, feeding the world responsibly, partnering with microbes for human benefit. It's not Friday, but it's kind of like Farmer Friday here on Ag PhD Radio because we're talking about your planting and crop progress and getting updates. We would love to hear how things are going on your farm, and our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Let's head over to Montana. We've got Mitch on with us right now. We've been a little cool here, but how about you, Mitch? You guys been a little cool this spring out in Montana? Oh, yeah, you know... Off and on, I guess, it's kind of a typical Montana deal where it's one day 70, the next day's, you know, 40. So um, right now I think we're like at, I don't know, 55 degrees, so wind's blowing, but yeah, we're we're wind cool, cool uh, spring. Yeah, the wind blowing, that's also typical Montana, making things a little yeah. bit of a challenge. What, uh, what do crops look like that are in there right now? Well, in, in our area, we 
we've lucked out and gotten some rain. Uh, a big part of Montana hasn't, and uh, we've got some timely rains lately. And uh, our winter wheat looks just really good. Um, I'm going all over it right now, uh, spraying crops. So getting a good look at what's out there. It's kind of my, I call it my midterm deal, where I can kind of halfway through, you know, um, what the crops look like and what's in them and uh, what's missing, what's what I need to do and in that. So uh, that's what we're up to right now. Yeah, it's always a fun challenge trying to figure that out. And, and when you're spraying and you've got uh, 40 to 70 degrees, depending on the day, and it's generally windy, so you get these little breaks in there where it's not super windy and you get a chance to spray, the temperature might not be the greatest. How do you do that? Because I know you guys fight this every year, it seems like. You're, you're trying to kill weeds, yet uh, the temperature is just not perfect to make these sprays work. Do you have some tricks to, to get things to go? Oh, you know, um, it's just my wife and I over, we have a large dryland farm here, so it's kind of like, uh, you just got to do some things, you know, just, you just got to go do it. But, uh, the wind deal, I put a deposition agent in, um, sometimes double it, you know, if I have to, um, that really helps. So, um, but yeah, the temperatures, you got to skirt around the freezing at night, you know, if you're putting down certain stuff the next day or you got to wait two days for that to, you know, for that wheat to kind of recover from the freeze much less putting on a chemical on it so um it's it's got its challenges every year it seems like and i'm not going to complain though we've like i said we've gotten some rain and we're very happy about that yeah no kidding and and you had the winter wheat in to to take advantage of that how about your spring crops what what are you going to put in uh, or what do you have yet to put in on the farm well we have yet to put in alfalfa i do quite a bit of alfalfa i rotate it um with the winter wheat and stuff like that. So it really helps up my nitrogen. But um, uh, we raised quite a bit of malt barley. We've had that in for about a week or 10 days. And then um, also some spring wheat here and there. Um, same thing. It's just, it's coming out of the ground, rolling up nice. So just watching for cutworms and um, making sure the drill didn't have a mishap or something here or there, you know, and um, got to take care of that baby, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned the the cutworms there, and I think about how Lorsman is no longer on the market. Are you mainly running pyrethroids like Mustang and Warrior and some of those products, or or was Lorsman an important one for you? No, it, it, we we used it a few times. I, I, uh, it was kind of a nasty thing. I thought, um, but um, we we do the pyrethroids, and uh, we have very good luck with them. So, and they're not. They're not super expensive, so that really helps, you know. Um, I, I even went back to the Fear Dan days. We had a little stockpile of that after they, they got rid of it. Um, but um, that stuff worked really well. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we do a lot of that stuff when we plant, pre-plant alfalfa. We lay that all down yeah. um, and then just kind of watch the rest of it. Yeah, I was thinking about the alfalfa. Now you've got some alfalfa that's established. You're just putting. Are you putting some in every third or fourth year to to rotate some other alfalfa out, or how do you how do you make that alfalfa rotation? Yeah, we. Uh, I like to. Uh, it just depends on the year. You know, if you get a bunch of rain, we'll we'll kind of leave it in maybe an extra year. But um, I'll leave it in just two or three years, basically just two or three cuttings, and then uh, at the most, and then take it out and. Uh, go back to wheat with it and then find a different field and put, um, alfalfa down on those different fields. So if they're, if they're dirty or whatnot, we have the roundup ready aspect. And then if they're, if they just need some, need some TLC, you know, if they've been wheat on wheat for 40 years, you know, it's, it's 
it's nice to have a different rotation. Um, and we like that legume in there putting down nitrogen. It really is it's cut our nitrogen bill, you know, by quite a bit. So um, it's worked really well. It's our number one bill on our farm. So. Yeah, and this year it's uh, a little crazy. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, you were yeah, talking yeah. about the nitrogen too. It's like, oh my goodness, we we kind of. I don't know if this is luck or not, but we kind of feel like we lucked out that we're coming out of two years of drought here. We had quite a bit of nitrogen still in the ground from our previous crop. We had really hot weather last year and had a lot of mineralization, so we didn't put on as much nitrogen as we normally did because we had plenty of carryover. Mm-hmm. We we put some alfalfa in the spring too. And for us, we were concerned about weed control out in front of that. What do you what do you spray out in front of alfalfa? What's worked for you guys? Well, just pre-planted, I just do uh, I do like the pyrethroid, you know, like tombstone is what I use, and then uh, just round up ahead of it and put it in. That's, gotcha. That's all I do. Just and then wait for it to get up little and spray it twice during the first year, I suppose, and. Um, maybe in the fall if I have something really nasty in there. But uh, then after that, just basically once once a year. So with Roundup Ready Alfalfa, then you're not putting any any oats or anything with it? You're just straight seeding alfalfa? Yeah, we're just straight seeding alfalfa. And usually it's after, um, so in other words, we had a, a winter wheat crop last, say, August. We took it off in August, and we'll come back in this spring on a certain fields and and uh, put that alfalfa in there. Sure, sure. So you had a little chance to, to catch maybe some extra moisture in there, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. You know, then we just got to watch it real quick, you know, quite a bit, because, uh, like I said, cutworms, and we've had grasshoppers the last two years that have just hammered us. So um, we're hoping that the little buggers are gone this year went somewhere else maybe your area maybe they went over there i don't know <laughs> well just hopefully yeah. hopefully they just went away completely that would be that would be yeah, okay yeah. by me i know everything has its purpose but i, I don't know about a grasshopper if there's a whole lot of uh hey let me ask you a question too about the malt barley you mentioned um that you had the malt barley in the ground what is that looking like this year? We all know what the wheat prices are doing, and, and certainly a lot of us are familiar with what the hay prices are doing. The alfalfa hay price has been really good too. But how about malt barley? Mm-hmm. Are they keeping up? Oh, it's um, a little bit, I would guess I would say. You know, um, where we take ours, they, they've treated us well, and it keeps my foot in the door. I don't put in a lot of malt barley, I guess. But um, um, they kind of kept up a little bit, you know, um, because the craft beer market's pretty pretty good in our area and I guess everywhere right now, but uh, it's uh, it's a nice crop to raise where we're at. It's low inputs and a nice little rotation, and uh, we we like it. I would say a little more. We like it more than the spring wheat. Um, I think it just does a little bit better sure. here. So, but yeah, we had good luck with it. I like the diversity, too, because you never know what's getting thrown your way. And I'm glad to hear you got rain because we've certainly heard a lot of guys have not been getting it. So glad to glad to hear things are going good for you, Mitch, and, and really appreciate the time and, and uh, your information you're sharing with us today. That's good for a lot of guys in the South. They don't don't really understand Montana farming. They, they know how beautiful Montana is, but uh, it's kind of good to hear. Well, it's not, not so easy up here. We got some challenges, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, there's challenges everywhere, I suppose, huh? Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, Mitch, good luck to you here, and, and uh, 
Uh, stay safe out there, and good luck getting that alfalfa on the ground soon. All right. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me on. You bet. Thanks. Well, our show today, we're getting planting and crop progress updates. We would love to hear how things are going in your area. I know, uh, I know there's some areas that are kind of underwater. It's probably not much fun to talk about that right now, but... Uh, if you've got some crop that's in the ground or, or you're out there seeding some crop right now, our phone lines are open again at 844-44-AG-PHD. And if you don't have time for a phone call today, but you say, you know, I got an agronomic question, you can sure email us at any point. It's radio at agphd.com. We got a number of those emails that have come in that we'll get to in the AgPHD mailbag time here in just a little bit. Stay tuned. You're listening to AgPHD Radio. Take a second and listen. You hear that? That's the sound of your roots growing where they've never gone before. There are additional nutrients and water in your soil, hidden in tough to reach spaces. With MycoApply Endoprime, hyphae attached to the root hairs to reach small areas inaccessible to big roots, even some that are tied up in the soil. Applied in furrow at planting, MycoApply Endoprime uses four, four unique species of mycorrhizal fungi to go where roots can't. Unlock the potential of your corn crop with MycoApply Endoprime, and by nurturing your soil today, you're helping to ensure future harvest will be just as bountiful. For more information, talk to your local retailer or visit valent.com endoprime. Always read and follow label instructions. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kids area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more. And don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Lucento fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad spectrum control and a long lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucinto Fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucinto.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. This is Stormy Fields with your weather forecast. Today calls for a high of 68 degrees with sunny skies and not a cloud in sight. Planting windows can close fast, so when you need both speed and accuracy, choose John Deere. Our exact Emerge planters and precision ag technologies give you precise seed placement for uniform emergence and the efficiency you need to gain ground. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, getting a planting and crop progress update. We would love to include an update from your farm. Just give us a call at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can always send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Let's head over across the great state of Minnesota, over to southeast Minnesota. Got Bruce on with us right now with an update. Bruce, how's it going? Going pretty good. Excellent. We'll be finishing corn today and maybe put in a test plot tomorrow and go to beans. All right. Okay. Now, you sound old school, Bruce. You sound like my brother Brian who says we got to get all that corn in first before soybeans. So you're bucking the trend. So many guys are trying to put beans in first. Why do you put the corn in first? Because I only have one planter. Okay, I like the honesty. I know for, for Brian, he always says, I think we're losing more yield on the corn every day it doesn't get in the ground, especially once we get into May like this. Do you kind of feel the same way? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and, th- and besides that, I've seen beans freeze, and they only freeze once here. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that is true. That is true. Uh, so speak about those beans. Uh, what are you thinking about there this year? Uh, we have one field that we just picked up from somebody that hasn't run it for 30 years and we're going to put some beans in it. We're no-till. And I was thinking most likely we'd be best off, we have a planter with dry on it, so I think we'd be best off just putting something down through the planter or is there any benefit to broadcast in this situation? You know, that's a great question. Uh, we always start with soil tests. That'd be our first thing that we'd want to see. But if you say we that, what would you say now? We do too. What do the soil tests say? Is it is it lacking in fertility or is it is it okay? It's okay. All right. You know, in a in a situation like that, I mean, a guy could certainly broadcast, but when you're in no-till like this, uh, if it's me, I think I'm going to try and put it out with the planter if I can. I just don't want to put it in the furrow, but if I can put it... Uh, no, in, we're two inches. We're, yeah, we're two inches below and two inches away. Okay. Yeah, in a two-by-two, two, I'm I'm game for that. I, I really like banding fertility with soybeans. Did you have a recipe in uh, mind of what you're thinking? Or? As much. Well, not really, not really. If you're, you know, if you're going to band, a lot of guys will dial back the rate a little bit due to the efficiency, but it just depends on what you're thinking. And it's so hard and it's your first year farming it. You don't know if it's going to be 50 bushel beans or it's going to be 80 bushel beans. So you don't really know what to do. But uh, if it's me, if I've got a decent amount of fertility out there already, not maybe not a home run, but, but I've got something out there. uh, I, I might be tempted to, to cut back a little bit if I was going to go in the furrow. But by the same token, if you're putting P and K out, it's going to be there next year for you where you farm in Southeast Minnesota. So you could say, you know, I'm going to have, make sure I have plenty this year in case I do get that 80 bushel crop. <laughs> yeah. Well, it shouldn't have any disease problems. Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least white mold won't be a, a big concern. Like I know it can be in your area. <laughs> I mean, what do you do about that with, with white mold, that's that's kind of a challenge. You just try to use crop rotation, or, or is it different fighting it in no-till? Oh, did I lose you there, Bruce? Oh, we might have lost Bruce there. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Where Bruce is at, southeast Minnesota, a lot of times uh, they do get white mold in that area. They get a lot of, um, a lot of humidity and... 
Some years they get plentiful rain, but I know the soils vary, but there are plenty of soils that hold some moisture too, and, and white mold can be a challenge. And no-till, I guess what I was getting at, my reason for asking Bruce that question is is just if you leave the sclerotia or the seeds for the white mold, for lack of a better term, on the soil surface, a lot of the data is shown if you're rotating, uh, if you don't till those into the soil, you can actually get a lot of those to break down with, with the right weather, that kind of thing, and, and perhaps lessen how much white mold you have. And some of the, the other products that can be used, like contans, for example, uh, could could be helpful in that situation. All right, Bruce, I mentioned white mold and that, that that messed up our phone connection right away. And I get it. That's a, that's a nasty, nasty disease to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, we used to do 15 inch beans and went away from that and went back to thirties again. I did 15 inch beans for about 20 years and I could get about two bushels extra if I didn't have white mold. And if I had white mold, I got less. Yeah, we had we had almost exactly the same results. We we did narrow rows for quite a while too, and and uh, the white mold thing just just became too much of an issue for us, so we switched. We cut our population some too. Yeah, and the other thing that I really have found is is standability on beans makes so much difference. If you've got one that gets a little floppy, it seems like those beans more times than not have more problems with white mold. Yeah, at one time when I was using a lot of hog manure. If I was running beans and corn back to back and put hog manure down in the beans for the corn crop, I would get white mold after that because I needed to put two years of corn in between in order to use up all of the nitrogen from the manure. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's that's actually a good tip. We do see more white mold when we get into those high fertility areas. Okay, so you're wrapping up corn right now. Let me just ask you this question too, Bruce. What maturity corn are you planting uh, as you're finishing up? Have you cut back or are you still a full season product? No. No, we're still full season. I don't, I don't believe we're going to lose yield. We might have to pay a little extra for propane, which I don't look forward to either, but Yep. So is that 105 day where you're at, or what? What is full season in your area? Um, one or two each way from 100. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. You aren't too much different than than where we're at then either. Yeah. It's that's always the question. We we were still planning some full season stuff. We well, we got two fields left, and I don't think we're going to switch hybrids, but we'll see. Uh, we got we got rain, but we should be able to get back in in a couple of days and get going. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not that late and couldn't do much better anyway because it didn't get dry soon yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck to you, Bruce. Uh, picking up new grounds, exciting, and, and hopefully you don't find any surprises out there, but I like what you're doing on the fertility side. I think that's a good plan. Okay. Thanks right. much. You bet. Thank you. Uh, let's head up to John. We've got John in Ontario, Canada on right now. John, how's it going? Good, Darren. How are you doing? I am doing well. How's planting progress up in your area? Just getting started. We're scratching the first dirt today, actually. Okay. So that's we. Today's May 9th, and we started uh, cultivating last year on May tenth. First corn went in of ours May twelfth, so we're a day ahead of schedule. All right. Now, uh, I, I just got to say this because some of our listeners down in the States say, oh, man, Ontario, Canada, they're so far north, but they don't realize how far south Ontario, Canada dips. What corn, you know, when you look at that, you're you're still planting your full season normal corns, right, when you get going here? Yep. 
Yeah, twenty nine fifty or three thousand heat unit corn. We don't go by uh, day length so much or days to maturity as the corn heat units. But we're we're right at the three thousand heat units at this time of the year. Yeah, yeah. And then what what else have you got? You got soybeans that are going to go in as well. Yep. Yeah, and if we had if the dirt was fit and we had manpower, we'd be planting them all at the same time. But unfortunately, that doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah, there's always limits on on what we can get done, and and I know sometimes people will say, "Well, wait, why don't you do that?" Well, because planters cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, uh, and, planters and, cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And and to be honest, I mean, this is the the ground has not been fit up until uh, today. Like you probably could have played around a little bit yesterday, but even mid last week, it was just still too wet because we haven't had any heat and it's been wet and um just been a, just been a slow slow-ish spring and, and and april i think was cooler and wetter than normal yeah and you know if we get good days here a, a guy can make really good time and get stuff in if you don't get rained out and everything's just sunny and warm from here on out how long does it take you guys to plant it all ah uh, for ourselves i think we could have everything done by the end of the week awesome just it's just just me and my son though so it's i mean it's going to be a bit of a challenge, but I, I think we could, if we got a good solid week, I think we could try to take a big bite out of it. You bet. Just, just depends on how hard he wants to work you, John, and, and how much you're That's willing exactly to do that. Right. It's his, it's his operation, not mine. I'm just the helper. It, it can't be work because I don't get paid. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, good luck to you guys. Stay safe. I know it's going to be a crazy busy week for you and uh, really looking forward to good weather for you guys. Sure is, Darren. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Take care. You bet. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We'll be right back after this. Boost your productivity and profitability with Soil Warrior from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and your yield potential in just one strip-till pass. Now that's ROI. Contact us today at SoilWarrior.com. More farmers are discovering the power of the germinator. Greg from Iowa says, This year I was very impressed with the Germinator's performance in a variety of soils. More Germinator success stories at farmshopmfg.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Warehouse, what can we do for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some nitrogen. All right, we're running low and it's awful pricey, but uh, let me check. Hold. The answer to low supply and high prices for nitrogen is Invita, a microbe with systemic nitrogen fixation. Invita works throughout the foliage and roots, providing a right place, right time source of nitrogen to maximize yield in corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah, we're all out, but... You know what? I'll take some of that Invita. <laughs> That's what I was going to recommend. Book your Invita while supplies last. At Ag PhD, we want to support anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event. In-field sessions include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So this is one event that you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com. 
Do you have crop failures due to flooding, drought, or another event? You may need to consider a better burndown regimen. Adding just two ounces of New Farm Panther SC to your tank mix not only provides faster results, it provides residual that lasts. You gain flexibility to keep your cropping options open. Ask your dealer for Panther SC and get Panther Power in your tank. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Getting a planting and crop progress update. We'd love to hear how things are going on your farm. And you can call us at 844-44-AG-PHD. If you've got an agronomic question, that's cool too. We we like talking agronomics here on the show. Sit down. we got our friend Mark. And uh, I never know where Mark's going to be at. So I'm going to guess Kansas. But where are you at today, Mark? Uh, Mississippi today. <laughs> All right. Well, how's it going to Mississippi? What What are things like down there? We pretty well finishing up. I think last, yesterday was the last day of spring because it's ninety seven now, and uh, we're we're working on the last block here. Or a couple more days, we'll have a wrap plan wrapped up. Outstanding, outstanding. Uh, when when you're looking at the crop this year, did you change up what you're planting? You plant more corn or more beans or anything else? Oh, we were trying to plant more corn, but we got rained out uh, planting corn about the 16th of April. And by the time it dried up, we decided that was enough on that. So we went ahead and switched to beans and got started on those. What what maturity of beans are you planting still down there? Uh, group fours. Yep. I'm on a, I'm four, 4.3s today. We planted the four nines first. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so with the heat coming on, uh, what... What are you worried about? Do you worry about crusting with that soil down there? Or are there any other concerns you have? Well, um, a, a buddy of mine told me a couple of years ago when it gets hot like this in, in this heavier ground, he says, you want to get the planter set where you think you want it and then let it in two full notches so it don't dry out on you. So I don't know that we're going to go that extreme, but uh, yeah, we're planting a little deeper than we probably would before when it was cooled off. So Sure, it, sure. Uh, that heavier ground will dry out on you pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, and it's not going to take long for this crop to jump out of the ground. It's uh, going to be just a couple of days to get a little moisture. Yeah, yeah. The first, the first corn is up. Uh, it's almost knee high. My corn uh, is at uh, V four right now, so it, it it'll be coming right along here with uh, ninety degree temperatures we're going to get here in the next few days. You bet. So, what's your next? What's your next thing then? As soon as you get those beans in, is it just turn right around and start spraying the corn? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put our narrow tires on our sprayer and get started uh, getting getting corn herbicides on, and then maybe we'll get a little break before it's time to spray beans. Wow. Yeah, it all happens fast. No doubt about that. Okay. And and uh, yeah. last last question for you then: Is pigweed the number one challenge, or is it something else when you're farming there? 
I tell you, the the weed that nobody's really talking about, but it looks like it's going to be the problem to me, is this resistant Johnson grass. It, uh, I've noticed a lot more clumps of it out. It was kind of hovering around the ditch banks and stuff like that, but I've noticed some clumps out in the middle of the field, and uh, I went with some pretty aggressive uh, doses of Roundup last year trying to kill it, and unless it's headed out, I can't seem to kill it. Um we, we, uh, I did, before I had any crop up last year, we did a 4% crop oil and non-ionic surfactant and a half a gallon of Roundup and maybe killed a third of it. Ooh. Oh, that's not good. That's a, that's a tough weed. Oh. If we lose Roundup, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, some of our really hot places we're having trouble. We're going to plant the extended flex beans on this year and see if the Liberty will, will beat it back. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't know of any other tools out there right now other than selecting, making yourself feel good for about two weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oof. Well, good luck with that, Mark. Glad to hear the soybean planting's just about done, and, yeah, now the real work begins of running that sprayer for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the summer. All right, thanks, Mark. Yeah. Really appreciate yeah. having you on. Stay Thank safe. You. you bet. Bye. We got uh, Lamar with us over in Ohio. I think Lamar's even got an agronomic question. Lamar, how's it going? First of all, how's planting progress? Uh, we haven't planted anything yet. Been oh. wet and cold here. Dang. Yeah, we're we're hearing that a this lot. Week, yeah, this week it's supposed to dry out, but it's going to take most of a week to get dried out for me to get get in it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not very good right here. All right, so you're thinking about fertility, and and uh, boy, we're not talking about prices today, or that's not going to make you feel good. So let's talk about what your program is. Did you have some questions on that? <laughs> Yes, yeah, a sulfur question. My, my program's been putting uh, sulfur down when I side dress, you know, 29004. But last year, I, I had it pre-bought, and, you know, we ran out right at the end, and sulfur ran out. Well, I, I'm one of these guys that doesn't have pre-bought, so I'm wondering... You know, if they'd run out of sulfur again for that, maybe, and I can get him ammonium sulfate, putting, spreading some ammonium sulfate be pre-plant, and then, sure, you know, sure. doing it that way. Yeah, we love that. What, we we do that every year. Disadvantage. Or? Okay. Well, okay. you know, it just uh, cost and how you're doing things, but if you're already putting some other dry out there and you can blend it right in, yeah, and, and no problem. Then you got no cost. Yeah, I'm to put already. It on. I'm already already blending something anyway so uh sure that's yeah. what i was thinking maybe i'll you know put 50 or 75 pounds of ammonium sulfate down to the acre and get you know majority of my sulfur that way sure sure yeah we've we've really liked that and i'll tell you here's something you might not want to hear but what what we've found the last few years is each year we put a little bit more on and just try okay let's just do a strip where we put a little bit more on and it yields more and so the next year it's like oh well, I guess let's try a little more than that, and it yields a little more. So I'm I'm not convinced that that they're right on their sulfur recommendations that we're getting. I I think we're way short. I think we need more than what they're telling us. But anyway, you can so certainly get it on there with the MS. So for 200 bushel corn, how many pounds of sulfur? Well, it depends on what you got in your ground, but assuming your ground has none, uh, they'll tell you, well, you have to have at least 20 pounds or something like that, and I think that number is 50 at least. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's 100. Oh, 
okay. I don't know. Yeah. You just have to play around with it and see on your own farm. I, yeah. You know, for us, I we am. love that ammonium form of nitrogen, so ammonium sulfate has been kind yeah. of a nice product to get both. Right, okay, okay. Well, anyway, I'll, then I think I'm going to do what I've been planning on and try to do it that way, and then maybe, you know, if I can get it when I side dress, I'll, you know, put some more on then and uh, go from there then. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, good luck to you, Lamar. Hopefully you guys catch that dry weather that you're needing. We've been so dry here for two years. We're thrilled that we got three inches of rain the last 10 days, but you guys are on the opposite end of the spectrum. So hopefully you get uh, a little taste of what we had the last couple of years, maybe just for a couple of weeks you can get your planning done. Yep. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Got a question that came in. Uh, from randy and this is also a fertility question uh, randy's down in south central minnesota he said guys my soil tests for k are on the low side and we've got some heavier cec soils and good moisture our k is at about 150 parts per million which is only a two or two and a half percent base saturation we're on rented ground though and we're going to plant soybeans this year now i have broadcast 100 pounds of of K and 15 pounds of sulfur and thought we would add some starter in the furrow. But you guys have been saying don't put in furrow on soybeans. So I've been getting some cold feet. Now the mix I have is something you're familiar with. It's from AgroLiquid. I'm using a combo of ProGerminator, which is their phosphorus source, Uh, Calibrate, which is a potassium with some sulfur in it, and Micro 500. Um, and our plan was to add 3.25 gallons to the acre with a bunch of water, and we're planning this mix to be used for both corn and for soybeans. My question is, would you do it? Uh, AgriLiquid, this is from Randy. He says, they say it's safe to use 7.5 gallons and not have an issue, but I don't want to screw anything up. All right, first of all, on the corn, that is safe for the the rate you're running, and even for that higher rate if you want to. Um, I've been using Sure-K rather than Calibrate, and, and it doesn't have the sulfur, so I think it's just a little bit safer. Uh, but you can use Calibrate as well. Uh, but on the soybeans, yeah, I would take it out of that furrow if you could. Personally, I like it in a 2 by 2 or something like that instead, just to be on the safe side. And I'll tell you why. I, I was out on a farm, and there was a farmer doing a, a similar combo to what you're doing with a P and K mix and some micros. And we were looking at a stand, and about every, I don't know, third or fourth plant was dead. And he's like, I don't understand it. There, About every third or fourth plant's dead out here, and the others look amazing. And what we found is, as he was dribbling on a low amount of gallons, he was getting a high concentration by some seeds and a very low concentration by others. So just be really careful. If you do put something in furrow, put a lot of water with it and uh, spread it out as much as you possibly can. But on soybeans, I'd rather keep the fertility out of the furrow if I had an option. Thanks, Randy. We really appreciate that question. And thanks to everybody today who gave an update on what's happening on their farms. As you can tell, there's a lot of difference as you head across the country. Thanks for listening to our show today. And be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.